D-S-N-Y. Saturday podcasting. All right. Saturday morning podcasting. Saturday morning podcasting. I love it. I love every second of it. All right. Yeah, we got a. We should next time we do this, we should have pancakes. <laughs> no, I don't like pancakes. What is wrong with you? Who? What? You don't well, like pancakes? This is a yikes. I'm sorry, but I don't like American breakfast food. I think it's like like who eats like things that are so sweet for breakfast you know i mean not all the time obviously lean if you don't mind me asking what's your i i am arab okay so what would you consider breakfast um well okay i'm generally i'm not a breakfast fan just in general but oh, like right. if I, really? say I did have to eat breakfast um it would probably be like pita bread with um like different types of Arab cheeses and like veggies, some like hummus, some, I guess. There's some eggs on top of that. Yeah. I've, I, dude, I haven't been feeling eggs lately. I don't know why. I, they've kind of been grossing me out. I've got to, I've got to send you the, this new way I have to make eggs. Cause I saw something on Instagram where it's legit fried eggs in less than two minutes. It's great. So, oh, so Lean, where do you get your protein from? I mean, um, like protein. I do eat eggs, but you know, I don't like beans and stuff, and I do eat meat. So you yeah, know, yeah. All right. But, All right. Anyway, anyway, we're back. Yankees Mets Express. Uh, quick yes. spring training recap. The Yankees look good. The Mets look good. Gary Sanchez is smacking home runs. This pitching staff uh, might actually come together. What are you guys thinking? Mm. I I like it. Um, we... I hate how I hate how good Domingo Herman's changeup looked yesterday. But yeah. other than that, I'm okay. Listen, and you and Josh, this was something that you mentioned to me, I think was on, on the group chat we had yesterday about how good he looks. And I feel like if he doesn't have like a revelation year, then we might have to either cut him or trade him just because he's already on really thin ice with every with his off the field incidents and the fact that, like we mentioned on the last podcast, his ear, like his ERA, isn't that good if you look at his uh, career really as Yankee in totality. So he has to, you know, so he has to really claim that that fifth spot with like an iron grip if he wants to remain on the Yankees. Otherwise, he's gone. I mean, I, I don't know about you two. I've had a longstanding theory that for that the whole Yankees endgame regarding Domingo Herman is that, like, given the state of their pitching staff, they want to build up their build up his value enough just so they can trade him at some point. So. Right, yeah. but I, I feel like it's I feel like it's up to him to to I guess to a certain degree to prove his value. Absolutely, to kind it, of the, prove it's all on and, him. Yeah, and to prove that he you know should be traded that he can rebound from you know a, a messy off season that cost him some playing time. Yeah, so I feel like it, it's in his hands, and I really do hope he does well because you know when he's on, he's on. And he would be up shit at the at like I feel like as a ceiling he at one point he was kind of the ace. I think it was I think it was like a year or two ago. Twenty nineteen for all yeah, intents and purposes. He, he, he had ace, like yeah. he he was there were talks about him being the new ace, and then he just just yeah. 
kind of felt anyway um we're not gonna rehash that ladies and gentlemen because i am sick to death of talking about domingo herman as i'm sure uh yosh and lean are as well <laughs> yes to a certain degree <laughs> yeah wait uh yosh what's on your shirt today okay so um for the obviously for the audience that can't see it so um little quick story I used to work for a maintenance company and their main account was Vice. And okay. while I was there, they had a show called Jesus, if you guys can see it. Oh, um, I love Jesus and Marrow. Yeah. So, while, love those so, guys. I, so when I started working at that account, Jesus and Marrow had their show at Vice. Yep. So what they did is that they just, <laughs> excuse me, um, as a token appreciation, they just gave us these shirts. So, and if you notice, um, if you guys, if you guys have ever seen the show, seen the show when it was on Vice, they had that big bear in the back and it had the yep. Tims on it and a Yankee fitted. So that's exactly what's, that's yeah, exactly that was on the shirt. That's so cool. I know, you know, for the, for the listening audience, you can't see this, but just trust me, it's lit. Yeah. <laughs> right, Josh? Yeah, I mean, cool. I could look at yeah. Josh. I, I mean, I, 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 um, <laughs> I got tickets to like what was going to be their tour before COVID hit. And so right. then they met, they wound up making like a virtual thing. I went to it. It was like four hours long. It was one long New York, Yan uh, New York inside joke with some Yankees references. Yes. Oh yes. It's great. It was so and much fun. Yeah. I mean, also if they actually should, they might listen to this. shout out to Deezus Samaro. If for whatever reason they're listening to I'll, a Yankees uh, Mets podcast. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It could I, be. I'll, I'll tweet this after it's up and I'll tag them both in it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. We, gotta, we gotta get them to follow us. That that would be half, that would half be of Marrow's Twitter is him reacting to the Yankee game anyway. So why the hell not? Um, yeah. All right. Anyway, so uh, folks, yes. we're actually gonna this for this show. We're doing something a little different because, as you know, from when Lean and I were just doing the show before Kiyoshi joined us, we like to ask the hard questions on the show, have the hard have the hard conversations. Last week, for you'll remember, we got a really good thing going on with talking about. African-Americans in baseball, like the, the dwindling presence of black players. Right. Uh, we're also going to revisit the top 100 players, that crazy bad list that MLB put out. Um, but let's start with uh, this this topic, because unfortunately, because of various of timing issues, we could not get a proper Black History Month episode in. Better late than never. Kiyoshi, I want you to lead this discussion because you were really taking the lead last week. This is obviously a subject that's very, very important to you. Mm. And I appreciate that, Josh. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So this is, um, and I was thinking about this. It's basically about why do more people, more black people, play baseball. So, um, I guess when I was just letting this sit and sue in my head, the things that I came up with were: it's not cool slash hip hop anymore versus Latin players flock in droves, which is true, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, black people can't identify with base, with baseball because of the lack of representation, which is a vicious cycle. Black people don't necessarily see themselves on the diamond so that they don't play it. And because they don't play it, there's lack of res, uh, representation. So it's just this big vicious circle in my mind. Um, the other thing I found that was interesting was despite the fact that there's no salary cap, unlike the NFL, who who is just, I think is above 65% black, and the NBA, which is 74% black. NBA is only 74%? Right. You would think it's more. But then if you also think about foreign players, if you think about 
I think I think well, well I think it's in, like, in the NBA where they talk where they talking like black across the board or very specifically African American because like someone like Giannis that, yeah because Giannis you're not gonna he's not African American. What true by by definition no he's not yeah but I think considering someone black is a broad enough term that Giannis could be considered that Giannis can be considered a black a black person a black man oh absolutely also yeah. someone that is of greek uh greek background so yeah, yeah, he kind of it, like in, in Le- my mind Le- sits in both of those sorry, worlds yeah, i'm sorry to interrupt lean you might know this Giannis's parents they're they're nigerian Can yeah you? they're nigerian that's correct. okay all right yeah thank you thank you lean i wasn't sure of that thank you yeah um uh what, what was i getting at what was i getting at uh oh and also it's Baseball's racist past. The reason why I brought this up is one of the things that I had started watching actually on the MLB network was the, I think the documentary that Ken Burns did on baseball. Yeah. And they started back in like the 1800s up until now. And it did, I didn't realize the depth of prejudice and racism that baseball had, that the fact that they had to, that the fact that there was a Negro League and only, I think only ma- mainly like a handful, maybe even less than five, made it to the major leagues, one of them famously being Satchel Page. And then I'm also thinking of guys like Josh Gibson, who some reports have said, and I remember hearing like rumors that he might have hit over 900 home runs, but none of us will really know because records weren't really kept like that and i'm not sure if those records even exist right now i mean obviously i'll dig a little more into that but it's the fact that there was so much talent in the negro leagues that almost went unrecognized and it's 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 such a damn shame that records weren't kept as well as they as they are now because if they were we would be able to add them, add these new league players, not as, I mean, obviously they're legends, but be able to say, hey, this person hit X amount of home runs. This person had X amount of RBIs instead of, you know, going off of rumor and legend, which I feel like that kind of uh, mythos thing, that kind of lore and help to build people up, which is fantastic. I think it's also good to have like hard numbers and hard statistics to kind of also prove that integration within baseball should have happened way sooner because of all the talent that we it really that, should have the, that the masses as a whole didn't really get to see. But moving on, I just want to I just want to chime in up. chime in real fast because like I remember I learned about the Negro Leagues from a very young age. I think I might have been like we'll say I was ten, mm-hmm. like that. And I remember because you brought up Satchel Page and Josh Gibson. There was another player who like I'm sure both of you have heard of. Um, I forget what his actual first thing was but everyone knows him as cool papa bell right and james cool papa bell yeah james cool papa bell thank you yeah and i remember just reading how this guy he was so fast like like ricky henderson fast if not quicker and there was this and one of his teammates i forget who i think it was like the commissioner babe adams who said um who said he's so fast that he could turn the light off to go to bed and be in bed before the room goes dark. Dark. And sure. And sure enough, like since I was growing up and you you remember, guys remember those weird nineties lights, which is where you kind of click it off and then the lights very slowly dim. Right. I, I remember like I had that where I would, 
I had that switch in my bedroom where I would click it off and then I would try to like burst into my bed before the light was fully dark just right. so I could I could be like cool about the bell. I was yeah, which is obviously very <laughs> difficult to do. Yeah. So Josh, really quick, I wanted to uh, bring up a stat from twenty as of twenty twenty. Sure. The MLB is fifty five point seven percent white, thirty one point nine percent Latino. 7.7% black and 2.9% Asian or other. And I can, I can which, already I can already read Lean's Myron now. She's saying she's already thinking this is the preppiest sport on the planet. <laughs> it's not preppier than hockey, baby. Uh, right. or, like, or lacrosse least, or tennis or golf. Yeah. I I'm not the big sports. Get, it's getting there, but mm. and, he, and listen, we could, I mean, I know this is obviously a baseball podcast, but even hockey could is very, very very vanilla. I mean, I mean, mm. well, that's most, an understatement, Kiyoshi. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's cool to have like these foreign, you know, Eastern European players, but it would be nice to see just more diversity, just so that you know, someone like me who got into yeah. hockey in college through and through and through, honest through my ex girlfriend, could say, oh, there are other people that look like me that play the sport. That's the, the other- thing, like hockey fans, we always complain about how uh, like it's a very niche sport and how no one watches it and why very few people care about it. And then at the same time, it's like, obviously that's going to be the case when you have a very select group of people that's like just a few white people who watch the sport, you know, who play the sport. It's it's definitely like a bigger, bigger problem with hockey and Right, they need to start catering more to minority communities. Absolutely, mm. and I think the interesting thing about us being New Yorkers is that because we have all of these teams to root for, of course we're going to root for the Rangers because they're in New York. So yeah, duh. But we don't we don't identify as much as if let's say I lived in Calgary and they held Jerome Aginla, or if for maybe that short amount of time in Ottawa when they had Ray Emery. But again, we're not here or to talk you, about you, hockey. You want to go, you want to go further back. Uh, what was it? Mike Greer? Yeah. 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 But again, we're not here to talk about hockey. We're here to talk about baseball. Yeah. Um, so in 2021, uh, like I mentioned, Eight, there's only 80 black players which make up 7.8% of the MLB. And and like I said, the it reached its peak in 1981 with 18.7. And that was around the time of when the when the when the Pirates won and they had Willie Sargio and a lot and Roberto Clemente, yeah. a lot of black players and just POCs won the championship. And I think it's just dwindled because honestly, it's not like it's not cool and it made me really think like what could make it more appealing and i think the one thing that can make that that potentially could make baseball a bit more appealing to especially to 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 black players or just more plc's is to make it faster if you think about the nfl and think about the mlb it's timed you have to do certain actions in a certain amount of time with baseball no one knows when the fuck is going to end I mean, it's great. I mean, obviously, playoff baseball is fantastic, but I think uh, one of the one of the uh, proposals that the MLB was was going to try out is a pitch clock. That the pitcher, I think, had like twenty or twenty five seconds to pitch, right? And so they, now, they still technically have that. It's just like the rules aren't aren't actively enforced. 
Right. And I feel like they should be because if you, and this is another thing I was thinking about. If you think about the MLB and the NFL, players are constantly under duress, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously in NFL, the quarterback is constantly under duress. The wide receivers is constantly under duress by either the cornerback or the safety, right? Running back is constantly under duress by defensive line, the linebackers. In the NBA, players are constantly under duress by their own defender and the dimensions of that defender of, you know, a seven foot center, a six foot seven power forward, whatever. And then they they have the shot clock to worry about. Thank you. And they have a shot clock to worry about with a, with baseball, there's not that sense of duress. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I guess you could say it's subjective to the pitch count who's on the mound outs, all that stuff, but it's, it's subjective. And also if you fail once you have another chance, you could go one for three and and that's okay. If you yeah, go two for four, that's fantastic. We're talking about a sport where if you where if you fail seven out of ten times up at bat, you're considered an, an elite hitter. Right. And and also a sport where if you hit forty percent of all the pitches that you see, you're considered a legend. Yeah. So it's it's definitely a sport that is based off of failure and how to come out of that. And I think if you Getting back to my original point, if you if the MLB were to find a way to make baseball faster and more and create a sense of duress, I mean, yes, it'd be more for the pitcher, but then you would see a lot more home runs, you see a lot more hits, you would see a lot more of um of a a lot more strategy that these pitchers that they can't, you know, you know, take they can't, you know, uh come off the mound and stretch, they have to like face the music now i get that that this duress is mainly for is mainly geared towards and is putting pressure on the pitcher if if it's actually applied but uh i guess you could you could see the reverse of that and if you have a pitcher that is fine under duress like let's just say uh madison bumgarner when he was in his prime or clayton kershaw when or i would say when he he kind of still well he's Towards the back end, but let's just say you know uh, Clayton Kershaw from like five or six years ago, right? In his prime, right? Exactly in his prime. Mm-hmm. If you if he were to pitch under a pitch clock, his ERA might go up a little bit because he's under more duress. But I think his stuff speaks for itself. It wouldn't. I would like to think that his uh, his performance wouldn't falter that much because if you had if you if you got a good fastball if you got a good curveball if you got good stuff then it doesn't matter if there's a pitch clock you can just throw it and just say hey i dare you to hit this uh same thing with closers i dare you to hit this uh know what's coming that's a very good point lean uh this is actually something i'd like you to weigh on because this crossed my mind as kiyoshi was talking what's one thing major league baseball has though that the nfl and the nba don't really have it's the minor leagues, right? Mm. And, yeah, and I also wonder if now we're we're talking about black players in this case, but I'm talking about people in general now, just moving moving away from baseball because like I've heard from several guys who have played minor league ball, who have coached minor league ball. If you're in the minor leagues, you are making no money. You're like you're getting like a stipend per week, but like um. 
You guys remember the guy who used to put, uh, pitch for the Yankees like 2009, Phil Coke? Remember him? Yeah. I read I read in uh, Mission 27 by Brian uh, by Brian Hoke and Mark Feinstein, which chronicles the 2009 Yankees team. Apparently, Phil Coke's pay in the minors at one point was so low that he had to spend an offseason working as a literal chimney sweep. A, a that job still exists <laughs> right in, in orange county california apparently yes it does um so wow. i'm so i'm wondering if like if people if guys and that we'll say this about black players latino players even white players if they're moving away from baseball because yeah if you get drafted great you get a signing bonus but then you're pretty much spending years in the minors not making any money whereas if you went to the nba or the um or the NFL, even at the rookie level with rookie pay scales, it's easier to get a lucrative contract. Mm. Uh, Josh, thank you for bringing that up because I actually wanted to kind of chime into what uh, Kiyoshi was saying. Yeah, please um, do. I personally, Kiyoshi, like you definitely make a fair point that people who complain about baseball in general, kind of what Josh was saying too, not even just as like a you know, black people, Latino people, whatever, you know, kind of thing. Uh, a lot of people who don't like baseball, their main complaint is how slow it is. That's definitely fair. But I, I think I'm a bit of a traditionalist. Josh, I think I speak for you as well when I say this. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I'm, I definitely don't want a pitch clock, even though I think it's like, it's coming um i mean I, no, I mean i mean the pitch clock is there it's just like it's it's so well, it's enforced so little that we don't really notice it, it I, I meant that it's gonna be you know like more widely enforced yes um and i'm not really a huge fan of changing the rules of the game as they stand right now in order to make the game faster um i think if you want the sport of baseball to be catered if you want to cater to the general public to a wider audience I think one it begins with Josh 100% what you were saying I remember when you guys know Kyler Murray of course yes, I remember yeah. when he was uh you know entering the draft and kind of deciding what sport to play it was pretty obvious that he was going to go with football mm -hmm. for exactly the reasons that Josh that you just touched on why in the world even though he, who knows, he could have ended up being a better baseball player than a football I, player. I also want to point out, Kyler Murray had a pretty ridiculous signing bonus as a baseball player. I think, I think the, I think it was Oakland, right? Oakland, yeah, I think. Oakland. Oakland Ace. Yeah, Oakland gave him, I think, between four and five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. Which as a baseball wow. signing bonus, given his draft position, that's, that's a pretty big deal. And it still wasn't tempting enough for him to be like, no, I don't want to forego football and go to the majors because who knows how long it would have been until he would have actually made it to the Oakland A's. You know, with football, obviously you're immediately there. You're immediately under the spotlight. You're immediately making more money than you could have ever dreamt of. And that is definitely the biggest issue with baseball and attracting players because you literally like you have to do things like become a chimney sweep in order yeah. to just even make it you know and you don't even know if you're ever gonna get to the majors uh, um both, I was of, both of you ask your ask your parents your friends parents as well sorry to interrupt like just to tack on to this back in the this is back in the 60s when salaries were even lower mm. there was there was a pitcher um a white southern guy i think he was named nelson bryles he was like a, a decent kind of hybrid starter reliever. He could kind of do it all. But 
so he can make ends and make ends meet in the offseason. He had to sing in nightclubs. Dude, so, like, yeah, it's it's insane, dude. Um, yeah. but Yoshi, to go back to what you were saying about like appealing to, I guess, like the black community or minorities in general. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, very obvious because it's this, you see this pattern across all sports all over the world. The number one thing that needs to happen is playing baseball needs to become cheaper. It's not a coincidence that the sports that are more expensive to play are, they have less minorities playing them. So for example, like, okay, someone might counter and say, but there are a lot of Latinos in baseball because these Latinos, they're not Latino Americans. They come from different countries where it's not as expensive to play baseball. And even if you like, let's say it is kind of expensive, there are other ways to go about it, you know? Well, well, not to mention because there, there have been so many great Latino players in baseball throughout the years that I'm sure like, they don't have to rely on, let's say, like a little league or a youth program. There's probably like a baseball academy down the street where it's like they can go there, and the player, the ex-player's way yeah, of giving of back has has made it so that young players can train at these academies, can like have access to what is because, like, let me put it this way: I re- I think it was in the Athletic. I think Joe Poznanski wrote this. I have to double check, but pretty much like all these youth baseball programs, instead of it's okay, it's nationwide but all the money that's being poured into the programs, it's going into like the more affluent communities and, and as opposed to let's say South Central LA where Daryl Strawberry started turning heads when he was a 14 year old. That, that's exactly that's exactly the problem. That's, yeah. that's exactly the issue. And again, it's the same across the board for all these sports. Josh, you actually mentioned earlier, you said uh, when, when we were making a joke about it, you said lacrosse, tennis, it's the same thing. With hockey, it's the same thing. You can compare this to football and basketball and soccer. I'm going to say soccer on a worldwide scale because it's not very popular in America. And actually, it is expensive to play here. That's part of the. It's another issue, you know. Um, these, yeah. Those sports have more minorities playing them, especially black people, because they are cheaper to play. So you can't really have a sport that is just it's unaffordable for a lot of people and then be surprised when you don't have Latinos or like uh, uh, black people, other minority groups, you know? And yeah, uh, Kiyoshi, we briefly touched, we briefly touched on this last week and we, um, Mm -hmm. unfortunately we're running short on time already. So we get, we can only spend like a few more minutes on this. And I really hope we've done the topic justice. Um, but it just kind of brings back to something um, Adam Jones, who's now at the Oryx Buffaloes in Japan, but also like a longtime center fielder for the uh, um, Baltimore Orioles. He said something to Jeff Passan, now of ESPN, then of, um, then of Yahoo, where he made a great point. He said the decisions made, this is in 2017, he said, he said the decisions made in baseball are white made decisions. Now, mm. mind, now mind you, I don't believe that MLB is overtly racist. I don't think that that like Rob Manfred, like, you know, maybe he is, but like at this point, I don't think that he is actively campaigning to keep black African-American players out of the sport. Right. uh, Because we, of the last three World Series winning managers, two black guys, one Latino. Right. Um, And there's been Asian-American managers, Don Wakamatsu, there's, there's mm-hmm. been like a, a few executives from the Mike Hill did a good job with the Marlins and probably would have done a better job if his if ownership had his back. Billy Owens in Oakland, he's 
probably the heir apparent to Billy Bean if they decide to give him a shot. Right. But like, and Tony Clark, a longtime switch hitting first baseman, he runs the players union. So there right. are black people in positions of authority in baseball. Which is now, fantastic. Yeah, but it's like I said, because I, I wrote recently about if baseball needs a Rooney role, they don't need one mm. for, let's say, managerial hires, but they definitely might need some for executive hires. Yeah, no, definitely. I think um, having more, especially, I, I think more POCs, but I think also having more black people in those executive places help. I think having someone like Tony Clark in the involved with the players association is definitely a, a big plus i almost like when i when i saw the name tony clark i'm like is that the tony clark that at one point played for the yankees and the mets yep um but what i was also going to mention is also in like you said lean like baseball is a fairly expensive sport you need you need gloves you need bats you need balls you need uniforms if you're a catcher you need all that equipment you might need knee savers you like you need a lot of things and i think one if we were to also invest and try to bring back baseball into low-income communities so that it's more accessible maybe through like a loan or a grant whatever like i think there was like maybe giving back to harlem little league you know, pouring you know, more money. If we if we really want to see a difference, like then then put the money here's, where. It's here's what to. you got to do. You got. I think MLB should either hire Clark away from the PA because, much as I love the guy, he hasn't done the best job running the union. Right. Um. Have maybe hire Clark or even better, start a partnership with CC Sabathia and his Pitch In Foundation because, like, right. I mean, Lee, and I know you're not on Instagram, but Yosh, you've probably seen same as I have. He's been doing that like that homage to like the uh he's calling them the black aces like uh vida blue mike norris satchel page just these right. black pitchers who owned the staffs they were on in their mm -hmm. prime and yet nobody talks about them and as and as they should i think also and one two things that actually just popped into my mind obviously funding little league because that like that is where you're going to get the future black players of tomorrow is if you fund little league in low in low income places in a place like new york baltimore um la wherever and then also what if to kind of maybe entice someone like kyler murray to want to play baseball is maybe institute a salary cap for baseball now i know this is going to sound crazy because baseball has never had a salary cap but if you put it like really high and then put and then if some of the other teams, let's say like the Yankees, if like the salary cap was at like 200 million, right? Let's just say yeah. hypothetically, it'd sure. probably be way higher, but let's just say, right? Put that 200 million. And if that's the cap, all the, all the rest of the, the, I guess the profit that the Yankees would have had trickle that in, into the, into the minor leagues so that players, yeah don't have to necessarily get job don't don't necessarily have to get another job in order to play that they can stick with it they can train and more and i guess i guess the obviously the cream rises to the top if you have more players that are that are obviously paid better there's going to be more of an incentive to you know stick with it instead of saying you know fuck this i'm just going to go do something else and say yo i'm going to stick with it the team's playing me they give me a signing bonus i mean obviously you have players like a calamari that was going to get you know a two three million signing bonus or even guys like bryce harper that were that were going to make it to the major leagues regardless like in spite of themselves but if you have a player 
that might have went to a smaller school that, you know, maybe got picked in like, I don't know, the, the sixth round and you gave him like, let's say like a $500,000 or $1 million signing bonus just for something that he can live off of so that he doesn't need to get another job. He can focus on baseball and, yeah. and that's it. I know we're running short on time, but yeah. It's a, it's uh, a- last thing I want to say yeah. before, we get, before we get into, uh, yeah. well, and, and this will be the last sentence we have. There are black baseball fans who want to play. Now we just need to devote the time and energy to, to get them to play and stick with it. Mm. Just like, and, and that, and that goes across the board. Like why should all the resources be devoted to guys in the affluent communities and let's say Orange County, Florida, uh, or, or California or in Florida or in Texas, there are guys from many races, creeds, backgrounds who want to play the game. Let's get them together so they can. End of discussion. Right. And now that now, thankfully, we will close out with the last 10, 15 minutes of the show with the fun conversation. Let's get back to this top 100 list. And I just want to point out, guys, Lean, you're going to love you're going to love my point for this. I don't trust any top 100 list that has goddamn Randy Arozarena as number 100. Oh my God. That was literal. Thank you. That was the, as soon as I saw that, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. Like, like Rand- what? What? Randy Rosa and Trey Mancini, JD Martinez and Giancarlo Stanton. They're putting Giancarlo, they're ranking, um, who is it? Luis Robert ahead of Giancarlo Stanton, who's at 60 career games. Joey Gallo, who hits like, 190 with 30 home runs. They're putting him ahead of Giancarlo Stanton. Randy Rosarena, he had one good playoffs, one good year. And MLB the show, he is not even that good. He is a pinch runner. I why are we taking this this list seriously again? Right. Now see that now and that I, I agree with both of you. That was an issue of mine because he had a great postseason. And this is not this is not new. We've seen other players like Carlos Beltran who had who during the regular season was doing okay and then exploded once the postseason came because I think what he hit like uh seven or eight home runs when he was with the Astros. I mean, yeah, Rosarena hit ten, which is on I mean, Beltran wasn't okay in the regular season. Like he would Beltran was Beltran was a superstar, yeah. yeah. Like there, you can make a case that he should be a Hall of Famer. Okay, so no, definitely, definitely. But all I'm saying is let's not let's 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 not get caught up in the right now. Let's see. Let's try to see things in perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let's try to see. Like let's try to say like okay, he had ten home runs, but he had ten home runs in the postseason. That's great. It's never been done. However, what did he do before that? Like, let's not get caught up in what just happened and let's look at things in totality. Yeah, like he's even done like nothing. He's he's literally done nothing. I don't care about the playoffs. He's done nothing to warrant a place on this list. I'm, I, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right now. Twenty uh, he had twenty-three games last year. He played in twenty-three games at two eighty-one with seven home runs and eleven RBIs. Okay, that's great. Twenty twenty has an asterisk. Let's not worship this guy already. Like, give him a full year, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we were also talking about the various Yankees and Mets in the playlist. Okay, so Degrom to run back that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's focus on that actually. So let's. So I'm just trying to pull that up. We have Gio Urshela at seventy eight. We already talked about Stanton. Um, yeah. So. Um, do you want to do you want to focus on the Mets first or the Yankees first? Let's do the Mets first. We haven't given them. Any okay, talk so today. Mets, um, from from the bottom up, 
89 Brandon Nemo, 67 Pete Smith, 66, Dominic Smith. Yeah, Dominic Smith, thank you. Uh 66 Pete Alonzo, 35 Jeff McNeil, 34 Michael Conforto, 15 Francisco Lindor, number 3 Jacob DeGrom. All right, well DeGrom DeGrom I'd say he's he's kind of in the right place. Yeah, I feel like I, he's in that. Yeah, With, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, Jacob DeGrom, I I'm not going to complain about that. Right. Francisco Lindor I feel like he's. I feel like he kind of earned that because of what he did with with um with Cleveland. And I, I might. I might put. I would put him about. Um, maybe swap him and Shane Bieber just because Bieber. Yeah, he was good last year, but he was only playing the central, and he's a great pitcher. But I don't think he's got nearly long enough of a track record Josh, that we should put him above Lindor. Josh, I'm going to play devil's advocate to what you just said. Um. I'm like, obviously, I think anyone with a brain knows that Francisco Lindor is like better than Shane Bieber, or like has been in the grand scheme of things. But uh, Lindor actually wasn't that great last season. Like it definitely wasn't one of his best years. And that's kind of like what this stupid list is like focusing on. They're do they're ranking players based on primarily how they did last year. And apparently and the fans contributed was, a bunch as well. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like last year, obviously Bieber was, you know, a lot better than Lindor was. So I guess you And can- then he ran headfirst into the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> right. Um, uh, Conforto and McNeil. Uh, let's see. Conforto seems about right. Number thirty-four. I like. I I don't know if I put. Let's yeah, say. I don't have a problem with Conforto. He dude finished like top ten MVP voting. What do you What do you guys think about Peter Alonso? Because he had that monster uh, rookie year. And what do you guys feel? What do you guys think about his his um his ranking at sixty six? I I actually, if we're being honest, I don't like him ahead of Dom Smith. Dom Smith, like, finished in, like, he got MVP votes, you know? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, a lot of this is opinion based, but I'm I'm just looking at the list right now. How is Mikey Ostromsky of all people above Pete Alonzo? How is. Oh, stop. Uh, Probably because of his last name. Mike is from Devin Williams ahead of Pete Alonso. Come on, dude. Look, look, Devin Williams is great. He earned rookie of the year in that last year's weird trip. Brandon Lau should not be above Pete Alonso. Yeah. Now, see, this this is what I'm talking about. Now, we just mentioned two Tampa Bay players that did well in in, in the playoffs. And somehow no, no, the MLB no, is Brandon, like, no, Brandon Lau was awful in the playoffs. It was the exact opposite. Great regular, yeah, it was the A-Rod yeah, effect. Was great, great, great regular, in the regular season. season. He was terrible in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, here, because hold on. Last last year, 269, 14 homers, 37 RBIs in 56 games. Um, and in the playoffs, let's see. Um, yeah, he the highest he hit in the playoffs last year was 250 in the wild card round. Yeah, my, my dad and I, we literally, like, he doesn't know anyone on the Rays. And, like, if you say the name Brandon Lau to him, he will just start laughing. Like, we would literally start cackling every time he came on the screen during the playoffs because he was so bad. I think we need and, to have I think we need to have your dad on next time we do ask him. Oh, my God. Man. Dude, he wants to come on so bad. He's like, he? Oh, God. He's, like, oh God. upset. He's like, why do you never ask me to come on the show? Oh, okay. <laughs> Lean and lean and lean's dad. Lean and Mr. Amin, let's go. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, I definitely want to have the have your camera on for that one too, because I want to see his reaction when I start asking him like the dumb Mets questions and just trashing him for being a Liverpool fan too. Oh, he's he's gonna start yelling. He's literally gonna start screaming. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway. So, so really quick, just to kind of like move move through this. Um, yeah. I'm going to get to the real quick. So like you just mentioned, 97 was Giancarlo Sen. Bullshit. Giro Hoshella. 64, Gleyber Torres. 41, Luke Voigt. Uh, Aaron, Judge, Aaron Judge, number 21. Then uh, then it was... Garrett Cole. Yeah, yeah, Garrett Cole at 7. Oh, no, no, Garrett Cole's at 11. Yeah, Garrett Cole is the sorry. Garrett Cole eleven, DJ LeMayhew seven. Uh, no, DJ's at fourteen. Wait, DJ's at. Wait, am yeah. I reading this one? Seven is Actually, a cool number. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. All right. Okay, so we've already established Giancarlo Stanton being where he is. That's bullshit. Urshela at seventy-eight. It's it's a weird it's a weird ranking, but given how well he's played the last couple of years and just kind of reinvented himself as a player, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, honestly, I wasn't sure if he was even going to be on this list. Hell, I wasn't even sure if Giancarlo Stanton was going to be on this list because he was injured for most of the season. And yeah. I was, and I was thinking about like what Yankee could make it. I was like, like about like how would I feel if Giancarlo Stanton was on the list? I'd be fine with that because he has a lot to prove, and yeah. hopefully he does that. With Gio Urshela, that was a pleasant surprise because he's been the he's been the surprise that no one saw coming. Glaber Torres, I feel like, is, is definitely getting to himself, getting into his own. Luke Voigt, honestly, I think he could be in the 30s because he had the most home uh, runs in MOB. Lean, I mean, why don't you chime in? You've got some opinions about Luke Voigt. Yeah. yeah um, the, it, that, that's the issue. Like, Kiyoshi, I, I want to agree with you, but the thing is, it's like... I don't know. Like, I don't know who, ahead, like, ahead of Voight on this list that I would move down to put him up here. I don't know. Uh, the, okay, hold on. So look, Voight's at 41. I'd put, yeah, like, help me out. Like, who would you, like, demote to put Voight, like, um, higher than? Okay, well, I'm going to wave my hater flag real high, and I'm going to, um, I'm going to say I'd put him above Hyunjin Ri. I knew it. I knew you were going to. As I was talking, I was like, Josh is going to say Hyunjin Ryu. Ryu and, okay, um, fine, fine. Yeah. I'd probably, and I'd probably put him above Michael Brantley, too. Like, I don't hate, yeah. Mike, I don't hate Michael Brantley, but yeah. he's, not, he's not exactly a dangerous hitter. I said that last time when, uh, Kiyoshi, when you brought up Luke Voigt. I said that, like, mid-30s would be more appropriate Luke for a Luke Voigt. Um, yeah, yeah, that, like, yeah, maybe around, like, 36. And, I, and I'm um, just thinking of... Of players, I'm, I'm just thinking of the fact that he hit the most home runs in MLB history, most home runs last year, right? Yes, it was 20. Yes, it was a bridge. You still got to give some credit to that. Now, granted, his average isn't necessarily the best, but like you still got to like at least if he was like you know 36, if he if he if he was 30, if he if Michael Brantley, knowing that he's on the Astros and they. Yes, they so cheated. I'm so salty about that. I don't care. Yeah. If we if we would have switched them to, I'd be fine with that. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, also going back to the Mets, Jeff McNeil and Michael Conforto, they're in the uh, they're in the right spot. I'd say like I'm not going to move either of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then um, with with other Yankees, uh, Torres, I feel he's 64. It might be a little high for him, but he's also got that really high ceiling that everyone's yeah, excited about. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a fan of Urshela ahead of Snell. I, I do not think Urshela is better than Snell. But other really? than that, I'm cool with Urshela's, uh, Urshela's ranking. I think that also we need to look at how the pitchers are ranked kind of like through the lens that 
this current era of pitchers is one of the deepest we've had in a very long time. Yeah. Mm. Like there's so many, mm. there's so many guys on here, like Max Freed, like Jack Flaherty, the new and improved Sonny Gray in Cincinnati. These are guys who like, yeah, they can actually, they can't just throw, they can pitch. No, and that's that make, true. That's I just, I just like, for me, I'm not sure, you know, that warrants Urshela being ranked ahead of Snow. It's not how a did, How did Whit Merrifield get ahead of Urshela? Guys, can I just interject really quick? Yes. Remember, every time we faced, we've gone up against Snell, we've beaten him. So yeah. if anything, that's 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 in my mind, that's that's uh that's verified. That's I mean, that, that's vindicated. You're right. Like we killed every him, but time, at the same beat. time, I don't know. Like I'm pretty sure if like we had the option of taking Blake Snell or Gio Shell on our team, I feel like we would all take you, Snell. You guys need to do yourselves a favor. If you guys if you guys you guys want to laugh really hard, look up Blake Snell and then look up his girlfriend. My man now kicked his coverage hard. It's kind Have of we ridiculous. talked about this, Josh, before. No, like, no, like Blake Snell, his <laughs> girlfriend. It's like, on one hand, I'm super jealous. On the other hand, I'm like, all right, rock on, dude. But <laughs> he, he's also I'm just looking a, it up. Um, yeah, he's yeah, he's a weird dude. He's a weird yeah. goofy dude, but we love him. Yeah. Urshela and Merrifield had very similar numbers, but yeah, I think um, I think Urshela was better. Mm. Merrifield yeah. had more home runs, but um, two eighty two. Yeah, Merrifield, uh, Merrifield's got a new team now, right? Didn't the Royals trade him, or they're trying to actively? No, no. He yeah, yeah, they're they're actively trying to trade. Yeah, him. yeah, they're yeah. trying. Yeah, but no, he's still he's still on the. Royals. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving just, on. Uh, yeah, just go ahead. move on. Um, Aaron Judge, I think, I think he's. I think I. Mm, I would. I think he's low. I, I, he, I'm, I'm, don't be scared to say it. He's low. Honestly, I think I think he's a little high just because he's been injured and just because we we know what he can do. We know what he's capable of. And because he was injured, I I would like him to be higher. But then I'd also think he's been injured. He's we know we know what he's capable of. So I think like, when, when Aaron Judge is healthy, he is a top five player in baseball. Yes. Repeat of, after of me. Repeat yes. after me. He I'm, has been hurt the last two years and missed you know, way too much time. That's fair. Yes. And that's why I didn't I'm complain about 21. That's why I'm not complaining about his ranking. But literally, when he is healthy, he's a top five player in baseball. And he's going to prove that this season. Not and, but now we need to talk about the blatant disrespect, the blatant awfulness. DJ LeMahieu is 14. Fernando Tatis nah. Jr., how dare you rank higher? You have had one good year on a team that, yeah, kind of went viral. DJ LeMahieu is the god. Fernando Tatis, I'm not saying you ain't shit, but you're getting close with this number six attitude energy you got going on. I'm. It's weird because he... He earned he earned that James like, is basically two years. That, he earned a fourteen million dollar contract. That by the time it will end, it would be around the exact same time that the Mets would be done paying Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> Think about that. In two years, he earned a contract that would end the same time as Bobby Bonilla's. Yeah, it's crazy. Like that's wild. Yeah. Bobby Bonilla is like living the New York dream right now. Like his right. Bro- Brooklyn born, he's getting paid by the Mets one day every year. He is like 
probably just chilling somewhere in Crown Heights, sitting outside in this easy chair with a Panama hat on, just saying hi to everybody. He's just living his best life. And, and, you, and you know what's kind of funny, too, which I think, what? which I appreciate the Mets actually did? They leaned into, see what I did there, Lean? They leaned into the fact that the fact that they're paying Bobby Mania every day on July 1st. And they're, and they're kind of you know, like coming out and saying, hey, today's going to be Bobby Mania day. We defer this contract. We're paying him every day on July 1st. It's happening. But I'd rather, I, I like the way that the Mets are going about this because on paper, on paper, they seem to have a fucking stack squad. If they deliver, then they can have both Bobby Bonilla Day and Bobby Bonilla Day, and it'll kind of be funny because if they're winning, then who cares? But if they're like subpar five hundred, it's almost like yeah, that's what's that's just, laughing at themselves, and but also like so everyone's funny. laughing at them as well. Yeah, but also it's not, it's not like Bobby Bonilla was a bad player for the Mets. Yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt a little more than they would have liked, but he he performed well. He was fine. Mm. I mean, you probably. I honestly, I don't remember Bobby Bonilla that well. I mean, you probably do a bit more, Josh. So I, I remember, like, the, I, by the time I started following baseball, he was kind of on the back end of his Mets career. But yeah. like, I I went to like elementary school with tons of Mets fans. Like, there were so many Bobby Bonilla T-shirts and shirtsies. So. Right. Yeah. Right. And real and real quick and real quick since we're running low on time. Sorry, Lean. What were you saying? Uh, I wanted to go on a very brief rant. I've actually never talked about this on the show before because we were talking about how LeMahieu should be ranked higher. Mm -hmm. Um, Christian Yelich should not be anywhere near number nine. And he's literally one of, I've I've never been a Christian Yelich fan. I think he is criminally overrated. I think he's so, so overrated. Um, Like he was good in Miami. I actually thought he was underrated when he was in Miami. And then he went to Milwaukee and played well briefly wasn't even that great defensively by the way and um and people were just like yeah like christian yelich he does everything like five tool player whatever and he was even this good in miami and it's like dude no he wasn't like he hit for average in miami and that was about it and like last season did you see his career numbers homeboy hit 205 he hit 205 last season and is number nine on this list and then look at the one below him too cody bellinger could strap like i'm a huge fan i think he's very talented he did not have a good regular season last year and dj lemayhew is behind both of these dj lemayhew was an mvp finalist yes this he was so dumb. And, a, and a silver slugger Dude, yeah yeah, this list is so stupid. Garrett Cole should not be lower than them. Shane Bieber, Nolan R. Like none of these guys should well, be lower than that. That just go. That just goes to I think why they're well, the, the main flaw on this list because you mentioned Lemay, you mentioned Cole. The only, the next pitcher after Cole moving up the list is Degrom, and I'm just going to read off who's in, in between them. Uh, Degrom's three, Cole's eleven, going in between from the top down. So I'm starting at number four. Freddie Freeman, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., Raul Acuna Jr., Anthony Rendon, Christian Yelich, and Cody Bellinger. We just mentioned Cody Bellinger and Yelich. Neither of them had a really good year. I think that they're also realizing last year was weird with COVID. Everyone's timing was off. Like those, like because obviously, two, hitting two hundred five. That's not indicative of what Christian Yelich is really like as a oh, player. Oh, for sure. I, that's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, yeah. like he's obviously way better than that. As much as I like, you know, think he's overrated, he's not a 205 hitter. We know that. Actually, right. his probably his strongest suit is hitting for average. But you know, 
Like, he yeah. still should not be nine on this list. Jeez, no. Christian Yelich had 44 home runs in 2019. Yeah. And, and somehow didn't have 100 RBIs. Yeah, it's Which weird. It's weird. But yeah. just really quick, I just want to get to my little kind of gripe that we talked about, the Mike Trout discussion. So let's, <laughs> oh, let's, yeah, let's, let's, you're let's, blasphemy. Let's, let's, no, but, let's, you know, I, I was talking smack about you to my brother. I was like, listen to what this clown was saying. Oh, okay. Oh right. man, uh, right, safe okay. talking, I, I safe talking, spicy. No, no, I, 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 I said that to my brother. Okay, okay. So, yeah. so you're right. So I, I will, I will amend this. I was talking to Josh, our good friend Eddie. Yep. About this. So if we look at the top five, Juan Soto, Freddie Freeman, who honestly, I, mm, I think he should be more six, but whatever. Maybe no, Freddie Freeman Freeman's the most consistent player in Major League Baseball. He's right where he needs to and be. DJ LeMayhew is the most consistent player and can play anywhere on in that infield. Yeah, DJ LeMayhew is not better than Freddie. Okay, Freeman. and come on now. Okay, okay. Anywhere. DJ LeMayhew is a better anywhere. contact hitter than Freddie Freeman. Also, Freddie Kiyoshi, Freeman is the better overall hitter. Kiyoshi, you might be forgetting. You know, Freddie Freeman is the reigning MVP, right? Fine. That's <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Dude. I, now, yes, I get that I'm a homer. I understand that. And I understand that my, my favoritism is coming out really hard. I get that. All I'm saying... Little bit, little bit. Think about an all-around player and what they can do. G.J. LeMahieu can play all around the infield, but that's not exactly the point. Yeah, but point is this: is literally better at the sport of baseball than D.J. LeMahieu. Freddie Freeman had twenty; he had twenty-three doubles that led the majors in sixty games last year. The guy was on pace for like fifty doubles. He's literally like unbelievable at everything. Right. Again, I am admitting my favoritism. Mm-hmm. On this podcast, I'm admitting my favoritism. Fine. It sounds like I'm wrong, but whatever. I'm going to die on this shield. My point is, is that at a certain point, coming going back to Mike Trout, you have to also, in my mind, you have to think about, is his production helping the team or only helping himself? It's only helping right? himself, hands down. Okay. Right, and you would think that on average, players that are producing at a rate like Mike Trout would affect the team positively and such positively that they make the playoffs, right? On average, on average. So the fact that the Angels have Mike Trout, yes, they got Joey Otani. They tried to, uh, they tried to. Um, I as a pigeon that didn't that like work to you know mixed reviews so they're like fuck we're gonna keep him as a hitter no no you that was just because he was coming off an injury he's pitching again this season that's right yeah thank you thank you very much for that um he also looks disgusting think, might i add right um you would think that mike trout's uh what he brings offensively would bring a positive impact on the team aka them making the playoffs it hasn't well, I guess well, I'm just just well, really quick. I guess I'm just kind of torn between the fact that he's producing so well and he's putting up all these amazing stats consistently year after year after year, and he's not even thirty. Versus the fact that you would think 
that his production would ble- would I guess kind of affect the team in a positive way, which it really hasn't. So, am I more mad at Mike Trout for not being the leader that we all think he could be or should be, or should I be more mad at the Angels for not surrounding Mike Trout with, I, more, with more talent, like better pitching? Kiyoshi, what hitting, more? What more do you want from Mike Trout, my guy? Like, how could he be any better than this? Okay, we all right. Not better, but just be a better guys. leader. I, I want him to be a better leader. All right. Maybe that's how right. you know what kind of leader he is, though. Oh, Lord. All right, guys, time out. Wow, we're, we're going to have to pick this up again next week. Jesus. All right. <laughs> again? Uh, all right. So we'll pick up the Mike Trout debate. We'll kick off the show, next show. I do, I, I, we'll close with this. I'm looking at the Angels roster right now. Now, first things first, Artie Moreno is a terrible owner for the Angels. Always has been. But that's neither yeah. here nor there. Yes. But, like, that said, this is probably the most complete Angels team that Mike Trout has played on. I'm looking at the pitching staff. Dylan Bundy, who is a lot better than people realize, Otani's back. We'll see. Andrew Heaney, he's fine for the middle of the rotation. My man Jose Quintana holding up the back end. Okay. Rysel Iglesias is their closer. They okay. got Matt, they got Max Stasi and Kurt Suzuki at catcher. Jared Walsh is a great young first baseman. David Fletcher is David Eckstein 2.0 at second base. They got Rendon. They got Jose Iglesias. The outfield, Trout, Justin Upton, and Dexter Fowler. Oh, and they still have okay. Albert Pujols. So yeah. who's, on, who's on the back end, back end of his career? Yeah, so like, but even still, like, even taking P- if Pujols is a supplemental piece at this point, and all those mm-hmm. names I just read, I'm not saying the Angels are going to make the playoffs this year, but they're going to make a lot of noise. Yeah, and they then, they have no excuse to be nearly as bad as they've been in the past. They've actually yeah. kind of fixed that pitching staff, which was their biggest issue. So yeah, which was precisely my point, and and you kind of you guys kind of answered my question for me. That the problem, that maybe the problem isn't per se with Mike Trout, even though maybe I think he should be a better leader and you guys vehemently disagree, that maybe it's on the Angels themselves. Maybe it's on the front office for, you know, for not surrounding it with more talent maybe a couple years ago. Now, granted, like you just like you just mentioned, Josh, on paper, this looks great. Let's hope that they actually deliver. Let's hope that they can actually make some noise in the AOS, knowing that they're going to have to directly compete with the A's, who've been on a tear recently. You know, who knows? Now that, the A's are going to stick. I feel like the Astros are the, are the only, like, mystery because they they either could be really – they could either still – they still have – even though they are still cheaters, they still have talent. So let's see if they live up to that talent or do they rest. And I mean, the Mariners know that they're going to be the Mariners. The AL Even if they have colleagues. So the Angels should make the playoffs or the season is a failure. Keyword should. Now, mind you, on record, they should. Let's see if they actually do. Indeed. All right. Well, yeah, let's pick this up next week. Yep. That's yeah. all we, That's all the time we have for on Yankees Mets Express today. This has been a production of Elite Sports NY, part of Crossing Road, Warwick Gaming, and XL Media. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Josh BESNY. What about you guys? At lean underscore Amin. You can find me at it's Yosh on at it's sorry at it's Yosh on Instagram at it's Kiyoshi on Twitter. Also, shout out to Jesus Samero. If you guys are out there, follow us. Shout out to Bodega Boys, Bodega yeah. Gang, ah, 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 all like that. <laughs> the brand and, is strong, uh, love you guys. <laughs> all right, that's all for today on Yankees Mets Express. And as always, stand clear of the closing doors. Peace.